Before we jump into our case for the week, we wanted to include some information about a missing girl from our area. Destina Adorno has been missing from her home in Plymouth, Indiana since the evening of December 22nd. She is 15 years old, 5 feet tall, and 114 pounds. She is Hispanic, brown eyes, and long dyed black hair. She has a nose ring, two tattoos on her forearm, a blue butterfly tattoo, and a rose tattoo that says Familia. After reading her mom's Facebook, she does have severe bipolar disorder and severe depression. She believes she was upset she couldn't go out and is expected to be with a boy. She believes she is either in Knox, Indiana or Rochester, Indiana. Destina has a history of running away from home, so from what the mother has stated online, law enforcement is reluctant to take this as more than she'll be back eventually. By what her mother stated, she's in a dangerous situation and needs to be found immediately. Photos of Destina will be available on our social media accounts, so if you've seen her or know where she's located, please contact the Marshall County Sheriff's Department at 574-936-3187. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alicia. And we are... Murd Nerds. So, today is January 7th, day of recording, which is my birthday. Happy birthday! Thank you very much. Big ol' 30. Yep, I am 30 now. Um, I still feel like I'm 22, so I'm doing a-okay. Um, got big plans this weekend. I'm going to the Sheraton Grand in Chicago with some friends. And uh, we're going to go to the uh, Medieval Torture Museum, which is going to be fucking cool as shit i'm sure yeah it sounds cool it's not even that expensive to get in either which was like really awkward to awkward really weird to me i thought it was gonna be kind of pricey yeah but it's kind of a niche market so i think let's talk about new year's yes yeah okay what'd you do on new year's so me and some friends got together it was one of the best new year's i've ever had actually because it was kind of like unexpected uh one of my friends stephanie just randomly decided she wanted to host oh yeah it was pretty cool so, like, ten of us got together, played some games. I can't remember what game we played, but it was so fun. You, like, pick a card, and you write down the word, and then you draw the word, but the people don't see what you write down. They just see your drawing, and then they write down what they think your drawing oh. is, and then the next person draws their word. So, it's, like, telephone, but yeah. like Pictionary. It's pretty cool. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, uh, what'd you do? Uh, we went to our neighbors, who mm-hmm. are our best friends, and actually, it's uh, one of our co-producers, Skylar. Um, we oh, went yeah. to his house. Well, and, oh, yeah. Yep. What? Nothing. <laughs> but, yeah, we went to their house, and uh, we played games. We played Kings, which oh, I haven't played God. since, like, you high school. Kings? Yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot that was even a thing. <clears throat> yeah, we, we haven't played that since high school, so it was really fun. And, like, Amanda's the youngest one, so her rules were so different than everybody else's. because oh, yeah. Yeah, she, like, played completely different than what I remember we played. Yeah, that's weird. When we were totally of age straight. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) But yeah, then we we did the whipped cream challenge and recorded it and (laughs) Roy threw his on the ceiling Mm -hmm. and that was super fun. Yeah, I saw the video. Jessica was struggling with hers a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. (laughs) Yeah, and then we went to uh, a hot tub at like 3 a.m. with sober driver, sober driver. 
and it was so cold out so it just like hit the spot and then we were up to like 5 30 in the morning it was outside <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god that's, it was so nice though that's a lot it was cold but it was super nice okay so it is official our next week's recording yeah. will be in the studio. studio. Woo! So it's getting real, and we're going to have professionals on it, so we won't sound like trash all the time. So <laughs> I'm so excited. And we're doing video. As of next week, yes. it will be on YouTube. We're doing video podcasting. So uh, we've came a long way. We've, we've been struggling super hard with trying to... Yeah, we're sitting on the floor right now. In her apartment. Yeah, and it's tough. And we've already had issues. Every time we open Audacity, it's something different. So... It's nice that now we're going to have people that know what they're doing and professionals. So shout out to Jeremy and Sky and Gunner, everybody at Mojo, Golden Mojo Music. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so ready yes, <laughs> to, me too. to be done with laptops in your apartment. Yes, and sitting on the floor Indian style with our legs going I'm up. I was going to say Indian style, but you're not supposed to say that anymore, are you? Oh. It's crisscross applesauce. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Which I hate. I feel so stupid when I say crisscross applesauce. So, Native American style, is that still offensive? I don't, probably. We're not looking to offend anyone. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, it's your week this week. Yes. You get week. to tell us a story. This one was tough. It's it's so hard to research cases that no one knows about because there's no information because no one knows about them. So, you really have to rely heavily on just the coverage that it had at you know, at the time, yeah. you know, time of the crime, if I may. Mm. And um, and then if anything develops, sometimes there'll be something, you know, short released or, you know. So it was, it was tough. Um, but we're gonna, we're gonna see how this goes. Okay, I'm ready. I think I found enough information for it to be, um, like, kind of, like, understandable, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so. Um, I'm going to cite my sources first. I don't have to say that. Why do I say that every time? It's okay. Okay. So um, I read an article by Jesse Schultz from WSPT 22. Um, I surprisingly got a lot of information from findagrave.com. I know that's random, but the people that run it do a really good job. And I even emailed with them briefly and, you know, just to kind of ask them where they found all this information that they got because they had a lot of information. Yeah. So you can kind of like counter source. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure they weren't just like, you know, writing shit down. Yeah. But they they have been running it for a while and they were very friendly with me. So. Oh, well, good. Shout out to them. Mm hmm. Yeah, shout out to the runner, runners. The runners. Find <laughs> I think it's just the local, you know, the people who do our local area. Anyway, um, I used websleuths.com. I actually found stuff on websleuths, right? Right. And then WSBT22 also did um, a Cold Case Files episode on them. So that was only like eight minutes long, but it had some good information. Okay, so um, the case I am talking about today is Anastasia or Ana Cortez Reyes. So have you ever heard of this one? No, I've not. Okay. So this is out of Elkhart, Indiana. Oh, real close to us. Yeah. Like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And it was uh, 2014. So it's, oh. yeah, it's pretty recent. Um, okay. So here we go. Anastasia or Ana, which is what I'll refer to her, uh, the rest of the story. Okay. Um, 
was last seen on August 26, 2014 on a surveillance camera leaving a grocery store that I believe to be Kroger. Um, and I'll touch on why I say I believe to be here in a minute. Okay. Um, so two days after the camera spotted her leaving the store. Oh, shit. Sorry, my phone locked. Um, yeah, I'm not doing paper anymore, people. I have upgraded <laughs> to my phone. So two days after the camera spotted her leaving the store, her van was found torched in a field some 15 <gasps> miles away. Her skeletal remains were then later found on May 4th in 2016 in Bristol, so almost two full years later. This was a case that stumped the Elkhart police from the start. It just didn't make any sense, like anything. They couldn't piece anything together. Um, And they had an investigation that ended up just creating more questions and answers in the end. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was a lot. But with that being said, when researching this case, I found a lot of inconsistencies. Um, inconsistencies in what was reported um, and it messes up the timeline a little bit um, I I have the who wrote the articles on here but I don't want to call anybody out so I'm just going to say you know someone so one of the articles stated that her husband reported her missing on the 27th of August which would have been the next day but other reports said that it was on the 28th oh so I'm not sure which is the legit time, and that makes a big difference, waiting a full day. Yeah. Before your wife is. So um, I even spotted some articles saying that her age was only 35, but I did the math. She was born in 1975, so she was either 38 or 39, depending on her birthday, which I also could not find. Even on Find a Grave, they did not have her birthday on Really? There. Well, and that's a four years. That's a four-year difference. Yes. I mean. Yes. I could not find which store the video footage of Anna actually came from. Um, this is really disappointing. Like, when we have these open cases that just don't seem to get the reporting that they need, you know. Mm-hmm. And by now, these articles, I think, should at the very least be corrected. So yeah. people will be getting the, the right information. This might help someone feel confident enough to call in if they do know something. Um I even reached out to some reporters and I got no responses um, at all. So I'm not pointing any fingers or questioning anyone's integrity. I know journalists are busy, but I just, I felt the need to mention that. Yeah. Since this is a cold case. So. Well, yeah. and, and like you said, it, it makes a huge difference if somebody knows something, but they know her as being 38 and not 35. They're like, oh, that's not her. Exactly. Exactly. That's just not the same person. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is little as. You know, her husband reported her missing on this day, and it's like, oh, well, he was acting weird, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah he was acting weird on the 27th, not the 28th, or whatever yeah, exactly. it was. Exactly. It's okay. weird, yeah. Ew. <clears throat> okay, so, Ana Cortez Reyes was a 39-year-old woman um, that lived in Elkhart, Indiana. And I'm sticking with 39 because that was the most reported age that I saw. Um, Ana grew up in Mexico. Should I try to say that town name? Michoacan? Michoacan? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but she'd lived in Elkhart for several years. She was living with her husband of 10 years, Riveriano Ortega. I'm really sorry. I drink some Pepsi and I am bubbling inside. <laughs> and it's making me... <clears throat> She's 30 now. Yeah. So... <laughs> Gerd! Okay. Anyway. Together, they have two children, Maria and Erica Ortega. 
Anna was your normal, hardworking immigrant mother, and her husband, Riveriano, worked days in Wakarusa while she worked evenings at Monogram Foods in Bristol, Indiana. She was close with her family and a wonderful mother. August 26, 2014 was an ordinary morning for Anna and her family. Her husband, Riveriano, went to work in the early hours of the morning, and when it came time, she got her two children ready for school. <clears throat> she then walked her kids, as she did every morning, when her husband called her on his break to check in. Some reports, again, you know, differences in reporting. Some reports say that he spoke with Anna a bit after 9 and some say around 10. He states that Anna said that she was, went to the grocery store and then dropped the groceries at home. She was then supposed to be going to work that afternoon. Riveriano then went back to work as usual. But what, sorry, I touched your butt. It's okay. But what Anna did after that phone call is a mystery to friends and family. When her friends came to pick her up for work that afternoon, she was gone along with her Dodge van, despite her not knowing how to drive. Oh. Right. Weird. Who took her to the grocery store? How'd she, she, get... she was walking. Oh, she walked. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I did I did actually mention that. Oops, sorry. No, it's okay. I just, I wanted to make, I did, because I didn't realize that at first either. Oh, okay. So I had to go back and fix everything. Okay. It was, this is, this wasn't the same grocery store she worked at, right? Because she worked in Bristol. I think it was a factory, Monogram Foods. I think it might be a factory oh. in Bristol. I'm not sure it could be a grocery store. But no, she was in Elkhart. Okay. Okay, because she was walking. <clears throat> Riveriano says that he assumed his wife was still at work that evening, so he went to sleep, which is understandable. Um, when he woke up the next morning and Anastasia hadn't come home, he then says he knew something was off. So he reported her missing on August 27th or possibly the 28th. I am going to say if it was the morning of the 28th, I found nothing saying why he waited those extra hours. I found an interview of him saying that he thought she might have ran off with another man. What? But, but he didn't state that this was directly related to him waiting an extra day. But this is up for speculation because, again, the reporting was inconsistent. That's a really weird thing to assume yeah. immediately. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, that's, yeah. uh, yes. that's so weird. So um, friends and family of Anna immediately immobilized a search effort. I said immobile. I meant mobilized a search effort. They also began handing out flyers in hopes someone might have seen her and be able to shed more light on her whereabouts the morning of August 26th. They also shared concern that she was especially vulnerable as she did not speak, read, or write English. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, so after her husband reported her missing, the police treated it like any other missing adult case. There was no indication that there was any foul play. Um, like always, this is what they do. Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, I get it, but also it's like overreact because then it's, if it's nothing, it's nothing, and if it's yep. something, then, you know, you messed up. Yep. <clears throat> so, and also they're saying there's no indication of foul play, but like, what about the van being gone? Yeah. Well, she Unless can't drive. they're yeah, they're like, oh, she just illegally was driving this van away. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So and we'll get more into that later. Okay. Um, yeah, they treated it like any other case. Um, there was no indication that there was any foul play, but that was until oh, two days later when they found the van. Yeah. <laughs> but it just being missing is crazy. But yeah. They, they found it two days after she was reported missing. So um says it was found in a field in Wakarusa. 
So some reports say a search party of her family and friends found her van, which was a Dodge Caravan. But in a video, I saw um, Sergeant Steve Price of the Elkhart Police. I'm sorry, Detective Sergeant Steve Price of the Elkhart Police say that it was found by the Walker Russo Police. So in any case, it was found and it says on August 28th. And that date I know is right because I watched it come out of that detective's mouth. So I'm wondering if, again, she could have been reported missing the morning of the 28th. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think she was probably reported missing on the 27th. Yeah. In the footage from the WSBT cold case files, they showed the area where the van was found. And to me, it looked like it was nearby the trailer factories on the south side of town. It looked familiar because I've worked in that area a few years back. Like where her husband works? <laughs> wow, look at you. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. She, she gave me a side eye. So. Calm down. Calm down. Okay. So it was noted, and I agree, that one would most likely have to be familiar with that area to even think of putting her van over there. Um, no one reported seeing a fire, so it likely happened after dark, and this obviously steered police towards foul play, and the homicide division then stepped in. So the location of her van was found is of note because it was only one mile from where her husband was working at the time. Ah, There it is. Um, police say that from the beginning her husband was cooperative and he was very forthcoming. He provided an alibi as he was at work at the time of her disappearance and he also submitted to a polygraph test. So with the information provided by him um, that his wife told him she was going to the store, the police acquired the footage from that store proving this to be true. I, I still am not sure what store that was, but but they did find her leaving that store. Um, some reports say that she was on the footage exiting the store around 9.15 the morning of August 26th, and some say 9.30. So, again, not sure about that time. I don't and, know why they can't just pinpoint it. Yeah, like, okay, I, I have this right here, like, about a timestamp. There's got to be a timestamp on the footage. There's a time printed on her receipt. So I I guess the police could be, like, keeping the exact time from the public, but it doesn't seem like that would be anything... Crucial. To, yeah. Um, yeah, the time of her last whereabouts seemed pretty important when you're ultimately asking the public for tips. Again, unsolved cases are very frustrating. Well, and five minutes can mean a huge difference with people that are exiting and en- entering the store. Yeah, exactly. I mean, five minutes is a lot of time. Yeah. So, um... Further investigation from police also confirmed that she did, in fact, go home before she disappeared. They found the receipt from her grocery store and the groceries from the receipt um, put away in, in her home. So with no obvious leads, the police turned to media and asked for tips and said that they were getting said that they were getting tips during the initial investigations, but the tips did not lead to anything new. Um, and in early 2015, they requested that the FBI get involved. Lieutenant Chris Seymour was quoted in an article saying, we're talking about anywhere from Bristol where she worked, Elkhart where she lived, and Wakarusa where her van was found. Anywhere and everywhere in between there. We're kind of looking at. That was in 2015 he said that. So Lieutenant Seymour also stated that the relationship between the police department and the Hispanic community could uh, play a large role in the lack of tips. He stated that he does hope this will change. News reports said that the cops were emphasizing that their focus was on finding Anastasia and not like immigration. So if you were undocumented, you could still come in and give tips and you wouldn't be 
you know, like punished for it. Yeah, Yeah. reported or anything. So Anastasia's cousin was reported saying that she and others in the family had their suspicions about what might have happened, but they did not want to go public with this information. Um, This is not to say that she did not inform police of those decisions, of those suspicions, Mm -hmm. not decisions. Okay. Fast forward a year. That was all 2015. So we fast forward a year, no public changes in the case. A hunter found what appeared to be human bones in a field on County Road 27 in Bristol. Um, And again, this was reported May 5th, May 4th. Some said May 3rd. So I just have no, I don't even know what day she was found. Yeah. So gross. Yeah. So they used dental records to determine that (sighs) it was her. It was Anna. Um, With the timing between her disappearance and when they found her remains um, being almost two years, they could not perform an autopsy. Um, But the Elkhart County Coroner's Office, alongside anthropologists, set out to analyze each of her bones looking for any clues as to what happened to her. Um, I found no updates on what those findings were. They're, They're the most recent case, or sorry, the most recent article I could find on this case was from 2018. So it hasn't even been reported on at all in over three or four years. Oh, yeah. Four years. Well, almost four. Almost four years. Um, Okay. So in 2017, police were still hoping that someone would come forward with new information. In an article from WNDU that year, Detective Kayla Miller made a great point. Um, She was quoted saying, things change, people's circumstances change, and people's priorities change. So, you know... Maybe in 2014, 2015, 2016, someone wasn't aware they knew something, or maybe it just wasn't their time in life where they maybe had their priorities straight. So, yeah, they need to keep keep it alive because, yeah, it could have been, you know, some 13-year-old maybe saw yeah. something, and now they're 19 or, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's that's all the information that I got as far as, like, the investigation and – Wow. Not a lot there. So, now we get into the theories. The theories, the fun parts. So, I'm going to let this be Alicia's choice here. Do you want me to go into my deep, deep theory? Or do you want me to go into kind of an obscure uh, theory with little information? Which one do you mean you first? The obscure. Or, no, 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 no. Do the, the little one. That's the obscure one. Oh, okay. No information. <laughs> okay, yeah. Do the one oh, that's... sorry. Do the least likely one first. Okay. Uh, one of the theories is that members of the community were reporting, reported saying um, in October of 2014 that many Hispanic women um, were being approached by individuals while out grocery shopping. What? Yeah. There... I should, I should do this. Sorry. I can't read it from that far away. Don't worry. Well, no, I know. But I mean, like, then I can look at you. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, anyway, there is little to no information on these reports. And it's unknown if this is related to Anna's Anna's disappearance and eventual death. An attorney named Felipe Marino commented on this, saying that he fears undocumented women are being targeted because they don't understand English very well, if at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they often won't seek help. Because they're scared that they're going to get deported. Yeah. Or, you know, reported to IC at the very least. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we can call this a theory, as I found no comment from police stating that they found and interviewed anyone reporting to be approached. Or any indication that there wasn't an investigation into into this theory at all. Mm-hmm. So police did not comment on that at all. And honestly, they didn't comment on my next theory either. Huh. 
Yeah, but this is a biggie. Okay. The second and only other theory is that her husband, Riveriano, is responsible for her death. Um, Anna did not know how to drive, yet her van was gone. Mm-hmm. This would indicate that she was taken from her home. And you combine that with where her van was found in relation to her husband's work. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot to mention this earlier. And the polygraph that he took, the police have never released the results of that. What? Yeah, not publicly. So, bottom line is we don't believe he probably didn't pass it. Yeah. Or it was inconclusive. Like, yeah. It's like, why wouldn't they release that? Like, what? Yeah, what, what kind of, he, what would they want to keep from the public that would make the public assume? Yeah, aside from maybe not tarnishing his name, I guess, and, you know, but they do every other case. Well, yeah, and I they don't, like, to use polygraphs. Yeah, it's ma- uh, mainly for police use. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it's it, just it's to skews, kind of skew them. And it skews public view, too, when yes. they do release that stuff, so. Anyway, so, Anna's sister, Zanadia Caleros. Oh, what a pretty name. I know. Oh, it's a double L. It's probably not Caleros. Caleros? 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 I didn't take Spanish in school. I don't know. I did. I did. (laughs) So Anna's sister, let's just say Zanadia. Yeah, that is a lovely name. That's beautiful. That's the first time I've said it out loud. Zaneda? Is it Zaneda? Yeah. Zaneda. Yep. Zaneda Caleros. There's an R in there. (laughs) Caleros. I don't know. Okay. Um, but she stated that Anna's husband, Riveriano, was angry that Anna was learning to drive and that she had purchased that van. Oh. Yes. So she believes, and this was an article from February of 2015, so pretty early on. Yeah. You know, six six months in, that he is the one responsible for her sister's disappearance. And this was before she was found. I haven't found much on how solid... Riveriano's alibi is I worked in a trailer factory I'm assuming he worked in a trailer factory I can't say he did for sure but but that's, that's pretty all much all that area is there. Yeah. yeah so um I've worked in a trailer factory I knew people who would go into units and literally take naps and be on the clock yes. or leave yes. leave the whole and facility the had no idea yep because there's so many people they don't know yes. and it's so fast-paced and yeah it's, you're it's, worried about doing your job not yes. what everybody else around you, you is doing away with a lot in there oh yeah yeah so, okay, so take this journey with me, Alicia. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Hypothetically speaking, not blaming anyone, this is just hypothetics. Yeah. Um, Riveriano could have left work unnoticed, went home, killed his wife for whatever reason, hit her van, hit her in her van, um, either where it was found or at an unknown, unknown location, and then went back to work. And then after work, he could have driven the van to take her body or to dump her body in the field on County Road 37. Okay. And then took his van or took the van to where it was found. One mile from his workplace. Yes. Which is within walking distance. Yes. Um, Where he torched it. So this would imply that he either walked home from the scene or someone drove him and isn't coming forward. Well, and torching it diminishes all. And if there was blood in the van, that's gone. Yeah. I think the whole, the whole like inside cabin of the van was just all burnt out. So So it was started inside the van. Yes. So I am going to go into the timing of his uh reporting her missing. I I do believe that this is iffy of me to even talk about this because I I think she might have been reported on the 7th 27th. Okay. But we're going to go there real quick. 
yeah, again, the next two pieces are up in the air. Probably mistaken reporting. But the unexplained gap of time when she was last seen at the store on the 26th and if he reported her missing on the 28th. I can see she works nights, so I can see him waiting until the morning of the 27th. But waiting a full day is just, what What was he doing that full day? Yeah. You can't use that excuse. Yeah. So. If my husband was missing for 12 hours. 12 I had minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I really wouldn't, I would not wait. I would be frantically calling him. I would be calling family members, freaking out. Are you with him? Are you, do you know where he is? Like. Yeah. And there was none of that. Yes. Exactly. So, um, secondly is the time of his call to her during that morning on his break. I saw it reported that he called just after 9 in some places, but other places it says around 10. So if he called her a bit after or around 9, I mean, his story could check out. I wonder how long the phone call lasted. Well, yeah, and I don't know how close her home is to the store that she was at. So it's like with the surveillance footage spotting her leaving around 9.15, 9.30, if he called her shortly after 9 and she's saying she was already home, their house would have to be right around the corner yeah. from the store. It would be really close for, you know, it, it's really a thin line to match, like, the story with the time frame. It really, stuff like this makes you really question, like, bouts of times where you're not doing anything where you can't be accountable. I know. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. It's super scary. Like, drive times and, mm-hmm. like, I just sit at home for the most part. So it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, no one can... Can vouch for you. No, my one and three-year-old. That's about it. Yeah, and they're (laughs) stupid, so. (laughs) Sorry. All kids are stupid, disclaimer, not just her kids. Um, Okay. They're mean, though, so they're, like, having two pit bulls (laughs) running around. Yes. But, so, I really did see it reported that mostly it was around nine. So, I don't think, that doesn't add up for me, personally. Yeah. But if it was around ten, she would have been done at the store, home, maybe, you know, had the groceries put away. And that, see, that makes more sense. Well, and it's frustrating because they have no reason to want to get a, um, like, subpoena to look at his phone records. So you can't they, figure. They probably wouldn't. They're even, just yeah, vouching they on his. Yeah, they're they're vouching on his word. Because I think, okay, yeah, if he has proof that he called her, but how long was the conversation? Did he just call her? And that's it? To mark himself, allegedly mark himself. Accountable. Did she even pick up or, yeah. Yes. This is the biggie for me. I found nothing of anyone, not a cop, not a reporter, not anywhere, of anyone asking him why he was not concerned their fucking van was gone. Why was he not worried about that? Yeah. Oh, she's still at work. Oh, but the van's gone? She did not know how to drive. So that's, that's a big one for me. That's no, like if no my Jeep was gone. Him. No, it wasn't. No one asked him. I couldn't find it anywhere. Well, or even say, did she tend to, if she didn't have a ride, would she take the van on her, her own and illegally said drive? She did not know how to drive. She did not know how to drive. <sighs> That's so awful. And that sounds like a uh, abusive tactic yes. to keep her yes, contained. Yep. And then if she's allegedly, if he was mad and upset because she was learning how to drive, that gives her an escape route out of the relationship. Yep. Yes, it does. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, yeah, that's just so frustrating. Why? Why was he not asked about that? I I get it. Maybe the cops asked him. 
not publicly. Yeah. And that's fine. But what did he fucking say? Yeah, well, and they're <laughs> it, it sounds like they're basing it solely out, off of this uh, video clip of her last known. Yeah. And that kind of sucks because they can tell she left the grocery store even though she was on surveillance. The groceries were at home. She was taken from her home. Yes, yes. Because her van was gone. I mean, did, did they say anything about, like, if there was uh, signs that someone broke in, that there no, was a struggle? No, nope. Okay, no so right there. So that right there tells you it was somebody she knew, if there's not a sign of struggle. Yeah, someone who could get her into the van, maybe, or. Yeah, so maybe he didn't kill her. Oh, I mean. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> maybe he didn't allegedly kill her in the home. Maybe it was in the van, and then, yeah, torching it destroyed all the evidence. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. I also, the family never and none of the articles ever mentioned if, whether or not her husband participated in the search efforts. Mm. So, again, none of the articles were in-depth at all. So, when you watched the video footage of him, how did he behave? Well, the thing is, he doesn't speak English either. Ah. So, he was speaking Spanish and then it was, like, dubbed over. Or, you know, not dubbed over. Subtitles. But yeah, and the the um, news reporter was saying what he was saying. Okay. So, yeah. There was, was translations there. Yeah, and so you can't read people Which that like becomes that. frustrating, too, because yeah. there could be a, a misinterpretation in translation or mm-hmm. something. Little tiny words. Yeah, like you can pick up on little sly things in language that maybe you wouldn't pick up on. In her husband's defense... There are no other released leads or suspects, so obviously he's gonna look like he's gonna look like the best. Suspect. Yeah, that's like what you always assume is the partner. Yeah, so there with with there being no other ones, he's you know number one. And like I mentioned before, he probably did report her missing on the twenty seventh, which does take a lot of uh, weight off of this theory. Mm-hmm. That extra day, allegedly. Yes, <laughs> that would take a big chunk of time out of his uh, time to cover his tracks. So, but some of the other holes in his story are still really concerning, and I can only hope that police are privy to more information and have reasons why they haven't, at least not publicly, pushed him further to address these, like, weird oddities in his story that I think are weird. Oh, yeah, for sure. In the early reports, they say that Anna's husband remains hopeful Um, that the truth will come to light, and that he calls investigators every three to four months for updates. Again, there's no recent articles on this. So that was reported, like, in 2015. Yeah. So I don't know if he's still doing that or what. But, yeah, they still have no idea. They have no, nothing's moved. How awful. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Just wanted to say also that... Just with what we're doing here, I just don't want police to think that we're trying to, like, tarnish anyone's name when we talk about the Fort Wayne Police Department Mm -hmm. and the Elkhart Police Department. They can only do so much. Exactly. We're not trying to demean anything. Our goal here as a whole when we started this podcast was just to refresh everyone's mind on these unsolved cases. And part of that is getting the real facts out to the public again Mm -hmm. because I know they were out before when it happened. We just want to remind people of the need for help in these cases. I know our name is stupid, Murd Nerds, um, but... I love our name. I do too, but... Ashley it's, came up with it. But it's silly. Yeah. It sounds silly. And... I think it's memorable, though. Yeah. And we're going to do some soft cases, too, in the future. 
But we really are trying to like serve a bigger purpose here. Local police cooperation, I think, would be really beneficial to our and their cause. Mm-hmm. So, which is one and the same is to solve these cases. Yeah. So, for real, murder nerds respect the police and what they do, and I just wanted to get that out there. Yeah. So, um, if you have any information on this case, you can call the Elkhart Police Department at five seven four. Two nine five seven zero seven zero. Like that commercial. <laughs> oh. um, and then uh, you can also call the Elkhart County Prosecutor's Office at five seven four two six nine one eight eight eight. And once again, any little tip yeah, can be big. Any little anything. Just something new for them to go on. Mm-hmm. Anything because the path they're on clearly isn't working. Yeah. Do you have any any other thoughts on on this case at all? Um, Yeah, I think it's interesting to continuously see these cases with minorities when the... How do I want to word this? Minorities aren't taken seriously, so it's hard for them to want to go to the cops because they aren't taken seriously. Mm -hmm. The gay community, um, people of different races... Anybody that lives, poor people, I mean, any kind of quote unquote minority that isn't of, like we were talking about earlier, white woman syndrome, it's so frustrating to see nobody wants to give tips because they feel like it's not going to matter. It's a lot of people with trigger warning rape, they don't want to come forward with their accusations of molestation or rape because they just feel like it doesn't matter. They're going to look into me. They're not going to trust me. They're not going to you know, whatever. Which is the case a lot of times. Oh, for sure. So that's why, yeah, I mean, that's why they feel like that. Yeah. Yeah, the the missing white woman syndrome is very frustrating. Like, yes. all these, you know. Not that their lives or yeah. their miss, the, the point that they're missing, that it doesn't matter. But it's frustrating. Like, the case with Gabby Petito. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Everywhere. Why don't we get those same kinds of motivations yes like um jelani day he went missing i think well like two months before gabby petito i'm pretty sure and i mean he did I think get it national, was around the same time yeah, he did get national attention after uh, the oh fact my God, gabby petito was i mean she was in my facebook feed she was in my tiktok feed she was in my instagram feed and this Jelani Day, he was not. And yeah. his case is unsolved, which we all know fucking Brandon Laundrie killed Gabby Petito. Yep. So, I mean, I just... And it's still in the news. Yeah, and this Jelani Day case, which I might cover, is still unsolved. Yep. They think that, well, it's, okay, they ruled his death as suicide, which, if you read about the case, is insanity to me. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's it's frustrating. Like that. And that's coming from... From two blue-eyed, blonde-haired white women. Yeah, yep. <laughs> but hey, this is—I'm not trying to virtue. Sig- I'm not trying They're to virtue hazel. signal here, but it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating to continuously watch this go on. What does virtue signal mean? Virtue signaling is like you are just saying that you support these things to make yourself look better. Oh, okay. Like you're trying to be virtuous Got and you. signal virtuously. Got, you. Got it. So yeah, I this is really awful and upsetting because there probably is people that know something but they don't want to come forward in in fear of they can't trust the cops but because ice could potentially come for them or you know and knowing she was undocumented could even it's so frustrating yeah 
I didn't want to say in the story whether or not she was undocumented because it was not mentioned. I would assume she was Oh, I thought you... I'm sorry. I thought no, you stated no, she was okay. undocumented. I, I, I am about 99.99% sure she was, but it was not mentioned in the articles, probably out of respect. Mm-hmm. But I am assuming that she was undocumented and probably her husband as well. Well, and that can make people, knowing that she's undocumented, can make people not want to, not care. Like, they, they don't want to yeah, care. Yeah, they're just like, oh, well, she shouldn't have been here anyway. Yeah. Is, oh, my God. People that are, like, sex workers, they're like, well, they were putting themselves in dangerous situations. They didn't, they they asked for this, mm-hmm. that kind of situation. Yeah. Getting in a car is a dangerous situation, yep. so fuck off. <laughs> for real. <laughs> Honestly, because it's... Everything is relative. <sighs> no one knows what someone else's life is like. And it's so disgusting that people think that they can just judge and judge and... Well, a missing person is a missing person. Like, it shouldn't matter what they were doing or why. Nobody's deserving of death when they're – or being missing and and not have any traction in their cases. Like, people that are – you know, they do drugs or they drink and then they're missing and they're like, well, they probably got themselves in a bad situation. Or maybe they didn't. You know, it doesn't matter. They still – overreact first. They're still somebody's sister, brother, Mm -hmm. parent, cousin. That's – that person's still loved – and it's so frustrating to see all of these cases just go nowhere yeah, every it's time. so frustrating. Researching these cases is, oh, my God. Gah. There's just nothing. There's nothing that you really have to dig. I even texted Alicia earlier this week, and I was like, man, fuck this. Like, <laughs> I can't do this. I, I don't have the time to dig like this for each each week for a case. Like, it's so hard. Yeah. That's why um, I think we're going to broaden out into some solved interesting cases that aren't just missing people. We're still definitely going to keep that in the forefront of reopening, quote unquote, reopening, bringing some life and a a breath of fresh air into some of these cases because Mm -hmm. they deserve to get their moment. But we're also going to start covering some solved cases because... Some of these take a long time to just dig and dig and dig hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. of digging mm-hmm. through articles, uh, going through microfilms. Ashley's been contacting reporters and trying to contact police officers and do whatever she can. I haven't been doing that because I haven't really needed to, but she's definitely got boots on the ground <laughs> for this situation. Yeah, I just I can't. It's it's and we are again, like she said, we're going to keep our main focus. Our goal is still the same. Um, But on the weeks where we might not have the time to dive into uh, an unsolved case, we will still release episodes and we'll pick, you know, something that has solid facts and a a true ending and, you know, justice for the victim and or maybe the victim was found or, you know, mm-hmm. we will f- do solve cases as well. Because, yeah, I really had a hell of a time this week trying to research about Anastasia and it was really taking a toll on me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. All righty. Well, hopefully somebody knows something. Yes. Call in. Talk to your friends. If you know people from Elkhart that, you know, were around there that time, just bring it up. Refresh their, you know, memory. Just just mention her name and maybe yep. they'll be like, oh, my gosh. I need to do something. The I longer something. the yeah. longer that it goes unsolved, the harder it gets to solve. Yeah. And it's still not that I mean it's it's almost 10 years as well like 8. It's 8. Or no, it'll be 8 years in August. Yeah. So, I mean <clears throat> Okay. All righty. Well, next time you hear from us, 
We'll, we'll be, be in the studio. <laughs> we harmonized. Right in there with me. That was so good. We'll be in the studio. We'll have video footage. We'll be working with our our little team that we got going on. Yeah, maybe I'll so. wear makeup. Mm. I know. I keep thinking, oh. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but all right, guys. Thank you for joining us again this week. Yes, thank you for listening. And like, subscribe, rate, review. We're on Facebook. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. We're on uh, uh, Stitcher, right? Oh, oh I wait. was doing social media. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I honestly wasn't listening very well. Sorry. It's all at MurdNerds, except for Twitter. It's at MurdNerdsPod. But you can find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms. And Spotify has a new review feature. So go ahead and util- utilize that. Apple Podcasts, rate, review. We've got 29 reviews right now. Um, so that's pretty cool. Keep giving us five stars. <laughs> We're trying, guys. Just uh Yeah, just hang in there with us. Yes. Let us, let us get our bearings. We're still babies in the podcasting world. So um but thank you. Thank you for all the support. And uh if you have any questions or have anything you want to comment on, feel free to message us on our social media platforms. If there's an unsolved case you want us to cover, yep. Send it to us. We yep. will do it. We yep. want to do it. We're focusing on Indiana right now, but we will eventually branch out to the rest of the Midwest. We've been in talks about doing that. But for right now it's just <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And if you have any uh Questions, concerns, anything at all, feel free to email us at murdnerds at gmail.com. Thanks. Thanks again. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.